It's time for us to chat to our expert on a life coach specializing in productivity coaching, Mr. Frederick Gaunafato Mamabolo. Very good morning to you, Fred. Good morning, Kenya. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for joining us. How has the week been? It has been very well and it is an honor to work with you again. Ah, thank you so much, Fred. We really enjoyed having you in studio last week, and we know that soon and very soon you're going to be gracing us again. We're talking about a very uh, interesting topic. I don't want to say a sensitive topic because uh, I suppose it's human nature. We're talking about dating in the workplace. Do it or don't do it, and what does one have to consider? First things first, Mm -hmm. from an HR perspective, Generally, what are the rules around personal relationships amongst colleagues? Well, the the idea, rather than the rule, is that it is not the relationship that brings the problem. It is the unprofessional behavior of those who are in those relationships that has brought a bad repertoire to those relationships. So basically, our people seems that seem like they can't hold it in when they are in love. There are three things about uh, romance in the workplace that really makes it to be the worst idea ever. And when you knock in the doors of HR professionals and business owners and you utter the words of office romance or OR, rather, as they abbreviate it, people immediately go, no, 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 no. One of the reasons they do that is because our people can keep it in. So mm. here are three scenarios that really causes this to be a problem. Number one is when the relationship starts and it becomes beautiful and it's exciting and, and Tom and Martha have just met. Now, here's the problem. They are both excited mm-hmm. and what happens is they keep on sneaking out. They keep on sneaking out and going out and they want to be with each other. They, they keep on finding a, a, a private moment together. By so doing, it affects the productivity of the place. Yes. It creates gossip in the area. Now they are acting like they're in a park. That's scenario number one. Scenario number two is when things become rough. Yeah. I'm not saying they are breaking up, but I'm saying just like any other relationship, even be, be, between our parents, that is still a norm. There are days, those winter days of every relationship. When that happens, they don't talk to each other. They are looking at each other from the corner of the eye. Because their business is everybody's business within everybody's business, what then happens is they spark gossip all over the show mm. because the, such a relationship it's hard for it to become an issue between the two. So when it becomes rough, it affects the business. It becomes a gossip thing. Everybody gets to know the love babies are not talking today. The love babies are not eating together at lunch. So instead of the work taking the center stage, the two people are becoming the Michael Jackson of the day. <laughs> now the last thing that really makes this whole problem uh, even much worse is when the day of breakup comes, like I said, it's not the relationship. It is the lack of professional behavior in the people who have such a relationship mm-hmm. that is a problem. When it breaks up, uh, especially the party that did not want the, the relationship to break up, they start to be hostile. They start to wish they were not working there anymore. Yeah. They start to try and, and, and stay home. Their productivity go low. Then they create a hostile environment. So because of these three 
uh, uh, sensitive levels of an officer relationship or officer romance. Employers are really shunning away from from encouraging such a thing. It is seldom a profit, it's seldom an advantage to the workplace, that it is a worst nightmare. Mm, that is very true. And from an employer's point of view, what do you do when you're observing all of this? Because, you know, we've spoken about the unprofessional mm-hmm. behavior, we've spoken about productivity and ultimately you know in when when or if the relationship goes sour it does also impact on worker relations as an employer what are your rights around this well the the first right is that i have a right to make a policy in my organization that regulates uh, such interactions and unfortunately enough most of south african companies especially big ones they've got either a code of conduct or it's what they actually would name a romance policy in the workplace, which will then articulate the boundaries of such a relationship. In most cases, they will, they will discourage um, romantic relationship across ranks, meaning that you cannot have a romantic relationship with somebody that reports to you or that is under you. They say that will actually infuse... Um, favoritism that will mm. infuse lack of control and many others. So most policies that have come across, they discourage dating across ranks. Some of them, they also will uh, discourage dating of clients because there will be client empl- employees that lives, that works within this particular company. And they say, please don't, don't have this cross romantic relationships with them. It actually makes us to lose a grip on our professional relations with them. The other most policies that I've seen, they will also discourage um, cross love or romantic relationship with computators um, across um, employees. Well, some of your computators might be living in the same campus with you, mm. and they say, no, please, guys, don't cross date with those other ones. But my opinion has always been that it it just brings a level of a culture that discourages such forms. Because there are three negative, there are actually, let me just say, there are five negative stages that really makes um, uh, official romance to be bad. One, it's when people are, are, are dating across ranks. Mm. Supervisor to a junior, junior to a supervisor. It's when people are dating a client. Number two, when people are dating uh, uh, their client employee. So at some point, you cannot maintain control because people are now in love. Number three is when people are dating competitors, or when people are married. And and can you maybe that that, that is the most unfortunate one. Mm. When I am married at home, you are singing in the workplace. We are starting to to smell each other's cologne, and one thing leads to another, and all of a sudden we are in love, and maybe you don't even know that Frederick is married, Mm. and one day you are shocked by the news, and then the whole workplace becomes the battlefield of World War III. You see, that is another problem when when couples are are married. Or even if they know that, I know that you're married, you know that I'm married, and we say, let's just do this. That becomes problematic. the other last stage there is it's when when it's against policy. Yeah. So the, the 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 advice should be put on the table for those who plan on embarking into uh, uh, such uh, scenarios. I do not stand the fact that there are 
marriage, beautiful marriage relationships that came out of Officer Ramon. I was about uh, to uh, ask uh, you that, Fred, yeah. that as much yeah. as we are <clears throat> talking about the doom and gloom of it, I wouldn't say there are success stories, but there are stories that have turned out well, if I can put it yeah. that way. You find yeah. that, you know, two people are sober-minded and they meet in the workplace and there's a, a mutual attraction. And, and they talk about it quite candidly that how are we going to deal with this? Because, um, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously like we've mentioned, you know, there, there may be rules or whatever uh, towards it. And I've actually heard of cases where one of the partners decides I'm going to leave this company or as a couple, they mutually decide that one of them is leaving that company to enable them, you know, to continue with the relationship because they know mm-hmm. that it's against, you know, company values. Uh, so, so, I mean, as much as we discourage it, but can we really go against human nature because the heart wants what it wants? Yeah, unfortunately, the heart wants what it wants and the heart never always anticipated the fire that is coming. The heart always wants it when it wants it, but it never really anticipated the forthcoming results. We, my, my, my little experience and, and, and research has led to three success areas yeah. of office romance. One is when the parties were married by the time they come to the company. Mm. So it's still office romance. We were married wherever we come from. We just happen to work in the same company. We have encountered at least a level of success in that regard. Because when we come here, we are not excited about it. We don't sneak out. We don't hide behind the printing machine to touch uh, uh, each other. Uh, but that's faces. exciting, Fred. Yeah. You must admit. <laughs> it, it, is, it is exciting. It is exciting. But here it is. Is that it also has this price that you're going to pay. True. Is when one day some of my colleagues don't agree with you mm. in that division. They don't agree with you, but they are still my colleagues, but they don't agree with you professionally. So I might have to lose friends just because they don't agree with you professionally. The adrenaline that runs, yes, it's beautiful. But you see, Kanye, the problem is that adrenaline, that little infatuation, that little early honeymoon stage, it has never kept the productivity high for a very long time. So when parties come already married from wherever they come from and they join us here, that always register a bit of success. When the intention is for marriage, when two people are saying we're doing this and we just love each other and it's for marriage and we are matured enough and they are able to keep it off the radar and manage it as their personal uh, issue, then it can register some level uh, uh, of, of success. The other issue is when you do these things, check what the policy is. You might have to declare it to HR, just like when you start a business. Most companies require that you must declare such relationships when you have it. In that way, they are going to become your, your, your gossip monitors. They are able to help control what's going on. Mm. Unfortunately, most of these elements are, are sexual-based. They are done because I've got my frustration at home, and now I've got this uh, uh, person at work who inspired me. And you see, anyone who who finds a floozy at work and they're doing the, in the beginning, they are just enjoying being at work. They don't take leave. They don't do anything. They're always enjoying the workplace. Not the work, the workplace, because they've got another work in the workplace. 
But as it goes through those seasons, the bad days or the breakup, unfortunately, it gives um, bad name to the business. The question then becomes, uh, Kanye, this morning, what advice can we give to those who are involved in office romance? Yes. And from me to them, one, check for an office romance policy or what we call a code of good conduct and see if uh, such exists. Look out what should be done. Do you have to declare or do you have to resign? Who can you have that such relationships with? And so on and so on. That's number one. Number two, keep it as, a profession, as professional as possible. I know it's hard. You are in love, but keep it as professional as possible. Remove it from other people's tables. Don't be feeding each other uh, and cheese uh, and polony in, in, in the corridors and everywhere else. Try and not do that. That's number two. Number three, do not violate your co-workers' working space and atmosphere. You'll be calling each other names. You'll be touching each other. Remember, you might cross the line of sexual harassment for others while they see you interact in that particular workplace. So please find a way not to violate other people's uh, workspace. Number four, avoid private space uh, a contact, meaning when you are at work, I work with you and we've got this thing going on, let's avoid speaking out just to have our little moment and come back. And whenever we think we are alone, we steal a little bit of a moment. Unfortunately, it makes other people uncomfortable. Avoid such things. And the fifth one, keep your relations details private. Whether it's going well or it's going bad, you must vow to keep it to yourself. It's your business. Keep it with yourself. If you can't, then terminate the relationship or leave the company. Because the best skill you've got to have there is to keep your private matters private. And the number six one is avoid acting. And this one I put it last because it's very important. Can you then avoid acting as the extension of your partner's authority in the workplace? Sure. I'm now dating you. You are a supervisor. Now, your, your, the colleagues that report to you, they come and talk to me to talk to you. Please, man, <laughs> speak to your person. You're like the so spokesperson. You are like the spokesperson or the deputy. You are actually the deputy boss, you know. And all of a sudden, you also are enjoying uh, 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 all these things that are going on in the workplace because you are now a madam speaker for that. Avoid doing that. And if you observe the six points that I've just said here, your chances of success in that relationship in the workplace are likely to go up because you have established whether there is a policy or not. You are keeping it professional. You are not violating the, the, the space of the others. You are not having private contacts and improper con- contact in the workplace. Also, you are keeping the details private and also you are not anybody else extension. I can tell you, when those rules of adjustment are observed, then you are likely to register success. Thank you so much for joining us, Fred. And to those who do relate to what he's saying, please do take heed of his advice if you are actually serious about that relationship. Keep it professional, keep it clean. Don't make it uncomfortable for us, your colleagues. Thank you so much, Fred. Let's share your social media handles again for our listeners. On Twitter, I'm, uh, I'm, Fred, I'm F Mamabolo. Just on Twitter, on Facebook, it's Frederick Kaunafaso Mamabolo. You just find it there. On email, I'm fmamabolo at gmail.com. And on WhatsApp, I'm 079 
4521. Thank you very much for a beautiful conversation. Thank you yet again. Thank you so much, Frederick Kaunafato Mamabolo. There, he is a productivity coach as well as a life coach and author, joining us every week to discuss workplace matters. And each week, we uh, handle a different uh, topic. Stay with us right here on SAFM. When we come back, we get into our get up and go with Ntato Malope. Stay with us. My truck, man. I and if it came in a sack, no stems, no seeds in a bag, man. I and if it ripped from my wrist and it looked like it shined like blue, then I but oh, girl, I forgot to be a lover. If it wasn't for the nine of five doubled up over time, then I if it wasn't for the Sunday all-star
she ain't wearing her yeah, 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 yeah. She starts playing a little games Come in and live from work You better put that woman I couldn't have said it better myself, Jahim. I put that woman up first. You know what they say? Happy wife, happy life. <laughs> Putting the time to 20 minutes before 5 o'clock. Thank you so much for joining us on a Sound Awake. We've been here since 3 a.m. Reminding you of our topic of the day today. We're talking about circumcisions in South Africa. And we're asking, how can we make circumcisions safer in our country? Now, just less than two weeks into the winter initiation season, five initiates have already died at an illegal initiation school in Yanden in the Eastern Cape and every year dozens of boys pass away and many more are hospitalized in South Africa as a result of botched circumcisions and the question we are asking today is what can we do to ensure that circumcisions are actually safer in the country? 409938 is our SMS line where you can send us an SMS on this particular topic. You can also connect with me on WhatsApp. Our number is 061-410-4107. If you are on Twitter, you can uh, connect with us there using the hashtag SAFM Sound Awake at SAFM Radio at Kanye underscore Makubane. It's time for our get up and go and Today we have Ntado Malope. He calls himself an insights engineer. All right. And he is at heart a brand strategist. And he is joining us to share with us his get up and go. Ntado, good morning and welcome. Good morning, Kanye, and to your listeners. You know, Ntado, when I first saw your name, I, you know, it didn't automatically ring a bell. But as my producer, you know, was going through some of your pictures for our social media pages, I'm like, oh, I know Ntado. I went to row with him. You know, I remember him. You oh, know? wow. Yeah, yeah, that's right, actually. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. I hope you remember me, Ntado. You must look at my picture. If you don't remember the name, look at the picture. You'll see the face. I'm on it. I'm on it. As soon as we're done with the call, I'm on it. You're on it. How are you doing this morning? I'm very well, thank you. And yourself? I'm doing very, very well. Thank you for being with us. It is our spiritual Thursdays. You know, we get into um, issues of talking about work, what it is that we do, but also how we take care of the spiritual side of things. And one thing we like to do in our Get Up and Go is start by asking our guests, what is your Get Up and Go, your daily routine that gets you started every morning? Right. Um, I, I, I learned uh, very early uh, on, in fact, I think I was more still at row when I kind of started to practice this, was to almost like sort of visualize my day, you know, um, and and anticipate both, uh, you know, the positive outcomes that I, that I obviously want, but also the unintended, maybe negative consequences that could happen um, throughout my day, you know. And so that's, that's really kind of the first thing I try and do is just to focus on, okay, what mm. I want, what 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 is, what is my schedule for the day, what is my plan, etc. But then to then you know I I I later sort of evolved to like also consider the emotional part of you know kind of my day and my my makeup and stuff like that. Um, and so I try I'm trying to sort of reflect or meditate uh, on my day, on where I am now, where 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 wherever I am around the world or you know in Johannesburg or whatever. Um, you know, just to sort of ground myself and, um, yeah, just to reflect on what it is that I want, you know, mm. how good it's going to feel to have that thing or whatever, or to, you know, knock out that meeting or to win that picture, whatever it is. Um, that's, 
you know, it sounds pretty boring and rudimentary, but that's that's, that's my get up and go. Listen, it is what it is. You know, there's no there's no formula to this. What works for one, uh, you know, may not work for the other. What works for the other may not work for one. We all have our different get up and goes. But I can tell you something. What is most amazing is that whatever you get up and go is, it's what works the best for you. Because here you are doing amazing work. You are currently running insights over everything. Tell us about the work that you do with insights over everything, especially as somebody who calls themselves and insights an engineer <laughs> right so uh, insights over everything uh, is a business I founded um, I'm gonna say like three years ago mm-hmm. uh, and, and 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 I think there's a lot in the name as well like it's insights over everything so I'm, I'm quite nerdish and very pedantic about unearthing kind of you know like interesting gems or facts around whatever campaign or project it is that I'm working on um, and so the, the name is kind of sort of derived from that, this dogged determination to find and develop and curate and use deep insights into whatever kind of brand strategy or a proposition I'm working on for, 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 my, for, for my clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the, the insights and engineer part is just kind of, I guess, a, a tongue-in-cheek way of, uh, you know, like just um, not calling myself an MD or whatever, you know. Um, but rather focused on what it is that I actually do, which is uh, mine insights and, uh, you know, try and create the wonderful experiences from, from the brands that we work on for, for our clients. Now, what's interesting is when we, we, you know, we throw around these terms insights because you're in the industry, you understand it. I may understand it because of the industry that I also work with. But for some of our listeners, when you say insights, they may not necessarily know what you mean. Uh, when we talk about insights, are we talking about consumer patterns? Are we talking about demographics? Are we talking about lifestyle? Maybe just break it down a little bit for us. Yeah, sure. So when 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 when, when we refer to insights, we're really talking about every possible thing that there is to know around um, uh, any kind of idea that, uh, you know, uh, uh, or a business proposition that our our clients would have. Mm -hmm. Um, So one way of thinking about that is, um, uh, you know, if you have, I don't know, a brand like Coca-Cola or something, um, and we're trying to sort of mine insights around them, you're quite right. It would be an accumulation of every kind of fact and possible uh, result or outcome based around that brand, uh, around that brand. So, yes, consumer insights, uh, spending patterns, buying patterns, uh, you know, trends in terms of what, what, what consumers prefer regarding that particular brand or whatever. Uh, and then using all of that is, is where we then sort of try and sort of fill out the creative elements that, that we then sort of uh, rolled out for, for, for our customers. Mm. I, hope that was, I hope that made sense. It does make sense. It does, especially because, you know, most times we, we do use ordinary South Africans for those uh, insights because we do market research, right? Is that how you gain, okay. uh, you know, a, a, you know a, a vast majority of the information you use for insights? That's correct. That, 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 that's absolutely everything for us, you know. So we do a lot of kind of cus- uh, customer research, uh, market research, um, just desktop research, everything to try and unearth um, what the problem is that we're trying to solve. Mm-hmm. Um, we use, you know, we leverage pretty much everything that we can uh, to, 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 to arrive at any kind of solutions that, that we propose for, for our clients.
And you know, quite interesting, Tato, just this week we were chatting to our other guest of our Get Up and Go and he's running an advertising agency. And one of the questions that I put to him is, you know, especially as um, black people running, you know, advertising agencies and, you know, like market insights agencies like yourself, I was asking Vilingubane, uh, you know, how do we start to counter the narrative of who black people are through the eyes of the other? You know, uh, I was paying specific reference to the fact that I always see uh, black people being, um, you know, portrayed as your happy dancing people in your soap adverts, in your this yeah, adverts. Right. You know, we're always dancing, we're always happy. And then you look at um, the voices that are more sophisticated and life is happening. And, you know, it's, it's all those um, high end insurance companies that are aimed, you know, at white people and I would like to know you know for you as black professionals working in that space how are you changing that narrative to say we are not you know a um, you know just a one group of people we, we, we're not a uh, monogamous you know there's just not one way that people are you know there's a variety of ways people are you get people at the top end at the bottom end you get people who are you know in the suburbs or in the townships you get people who have different likes and you know interest you know how do we bring that diversity forth to what we see on tv right i think um you know certainly being a black person in South Africa in itself helps to answer that question right so what, what i mean by that is the following that uh, i i for example i grew up in mufolo in soweto which is the middle of the middle of Soweto. Mm. Uh, and so, uh, I, you know, I, I have experiences of growing up there. I, there are people I know there uh, from all walks of life, all kind of demographics, different age groups from, you know, Bohono around the block to my peers who I grew up with to maybe even some of my, my, my friends' kids, you know, uh, who still live in, in Soweto, et cetera. Um, and so, I, I you know, it, 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 it really does help to be a part of the community that you're trying to create a narrative for, you know, mm. or, or a narrative about. Um, and so spending time, I think, you know, living one's life in and amongst, uh, 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 you know, the, the people that you're trying to profile or that you're trying to develop kind of insights on, et cetera, really does help, you know. And I think that it is a, it is a, a um, you know, a bit of a strategic advantage just being black, yeah. you know, because inevitably you've got roots in townships, in rural areas in, in, in South Africa, you can speak their language, you know, which is very important. Uh, you, 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 know, you, you might have touched those kind of circumstances that those people are, 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 are experiencing themselves, you know? Mm. And so, uh, you know, and, and then just being authentic about that, you know what I mean? And not adding any kind of sugar and spice on it uh, really does help, you know, to, to kind of have a rounded view of whoever it is that you are um, creating solutions for or products for or services for mm. um yeah this is very interesting and thank you for sharing you know some of those insights and it is actually you know encouraging uh, to know that the tide is turning you know in one way or another because that's something that's always bothered me about you know the advertising and the marketing industry it's the stereotyping the constant getting it wrong you know it's like where are your market insights hello you know but uh, I'm, I'm very happy and i'm encouraged when i speak to people like you and Veli, and i know that you know what there's people out there that are changing the narrative and are actually you know making it a conscious effort to say guys let's do better in this regard let's talk to um your your own journey uh what do you uh, live by in terms of an inspirational quote a message that drives you and gets you going all the time mm, wow i mean so I, I read I read quite a lot. Uh, I'm sort of a, a bit of a bookworm, 
And so I, I come across various quotes and sayings and, uh, you know, a way to inspire myself, really. Um, but uh, but I'm, a, I'm a particular uh, fan of um, an ancient uh, uh, um, guy uh, who was the, he was a one-time sort of um, uh, emperor of Rome, uh, a guy called Marcus Aurelius. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he wrote a fantastic book called Meditations. I really would recommend anyone to, in fact, everyone, to try and get your hands on that. Marcus Aurelius Meditations. Um, and there's so many, and, and there's so much kind of depth and of, of sort of knowledge that I, that I sort of found find in that every time I kind of reflect on it and stuff, you know. Um, and basically, he, you know, um, you know, it's it's it, it's it's a book around the philosophy of Stoicism, which is, you know, the full acceptance of reality, right? And and one of the quotes, if you will, is, you know, to accept everything as it is right now, you know. Um, it's, it's very often, you know, we suffer more in our perceptions about stuff than we do in the reality of things that happen. Uh, and so this, I, it's, it's, it's pretty much like the premise of like living your life, being unattached to things and outcomes and possibilities, etc. Um, rather focusing on the current moment that's happening now. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that's, that, and, I, and I mean, it's very difficult to live that way, of course, you know. Because for every incident that happens, our natural tendency is to try and own it, you know, and, and take it in and absorb it as, as people. That's just what we do, you know. Mm. But having that separation um, between what is happening or what happened, whatever it might be, and who you actually are is quite a healthy thing to do. And I think especially in business, you know, because we, we spend so much of our time as entrepreneurs fixated on fixing a problem yeah. and, 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 and fixated on an outcome that we're trying to sort of obviously reach, you know? But there's so much more strength and power if you are able to detach yourself from those particular outcomes. Um, then you can focus on what needs to be done, quite frankly. Wonderful. Ntato, thank you so much uh, for sharing uh, your insights uh, with us. And before we let you go, what would your advice be to somebody who feels defeated in their life right now and is finding it difficult to carry on because they're just so discouraged? You know, um, they've tried business, you know, they've they've failed at it, you know, and they're struggling to get back Mm. up and they can't get, you know, the kind of job that they want. And and really life is, 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 you know, it's not kosher right now. Yeah, my my advice would be uh, I mean, keep breathing, you know, uh, get up and fight. Uh, try again tomorrow. Try again a hundred times more, you know. Um, I think it, adversity is there to teach us to be to be fortified, you know, yeah. to have more resilience. And, that, and, and adversity is a very good thing because it builds character, you know. I know it's very difficult when you are in the midst of, like, unemployment and, you know, all sorts of things that you just described now. It's very mm. difficult to think that way, of course. It's, it's very difficult to be anything more than what you are currently. It, I, I, I appreciate that, but it is really important to have a bird's eye view of your own life, you know, and of yourself. And just keep going. Keep trying. Keep doing it. You never know. Wonderful. I thank you so much for joining us and Tato Malube and all the best uh, for the work that you continue to do. What are the social media handles that our listeners can connect with you on? Sure. Uh, on, on Twitter, it's at Ntato, literally just my, 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 my first name. And on Instagram, it's at Ntato. Uh, and on Facebook, at uh, uh, Ntato Malube. Um, yeah, pretty much that, 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 that's who I am. 
Wonderful. Thank you so much for being with us. And we appreciate you taking your time to chat with us this morning. Six minutes before five o'clock. We'll take a short break. When we come back, we get into this new day. The 2018 National Arts Festival in Grahamstown is jam-packed with more music, more theatre, more dance and more amazing than ever before. And SAFM will be there in full force from the 28th of June till the 8th of July. It's South Africa's iconic arts event. Make this the year that you experience amazing. Book your tickets now by visiting nationalartsfestival.co.za or visit safm.co.za. SAFM, bringing you the 2018 Iconic Arts Event. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM, 104.4 FM in Durban. Good morning to you on this new day. We are almost at the end of June. We have a few days to go and the very cold month of July will be upon us. Thank God it also will go the way of June and we shall be nearing spring. It is amazing how quickly time goes. Not so long we were welcoming the month of June. I think that the words of Moses in one psalm are appropriate, that we should teach us to number our days so that we may live wisely. It is not only time that goes, but life as well. Moses was praying to God to have mercy on the people as they were dying in the wilderness. He asked God to have mercy and show favor to them. This we read in Psalm 90, verses 16 and 17. May your servants see your word. May your servants see your world. May their sons see their majesty. May our sovereign God extend his favor to us. Make our endeavor successful. Yes, make them successful. Let us repeat with Moses the words and ask God this morning to make our endeavor successful. For indeed it is when we have successful endeavors that we feel we have used our time well. May we pray this prayer as well, that may our servants see your works, may their sons see um, their majesty, may our sovereign God extend his favor to us. Yes, make our endeavors successful. Commit your endeavors to the Lord this morning. Trust in him. Commit all of them. Do your best and let him do the rest. I am Fakibudibe from Mufula Africa Evangelical Church. Go with God today. 3 to 5. Sound awake on SAFM. It is three minutes before five o'clock, reminding you of our topic of the day. How can we make circumcision safer in South Africa? Let's go to the timeline to see what is happening there. Lehasa Patlamolo saying, let those found operating illegal schools be jailed a minimum of five years. Land advocates saying the only way is for traditional leaders together with government to close down all these unregistered circumcision places. We respect culture, but it is not culture if people lose their lives in the process on something that we are able to prevent. Very true, the uh, land advocate at Wasengolelene. Chipen, Owen Chipen saying male circumcision in South Africa can be made safer by developing models which clinical and traditional providers can cooperate and share responsibility for the tasks involved in the circumcision process while respecting the different skills. And on our topic and of discussion that we had with uh, Fred Mamabolo earlier on, we were talking about 